Saturday morning words and coffee. Another cup of joe has been poured. It's another nice day, actually. Another nice Saturday. The sun is shining, which might go... Well, I don't know. It might go well with what I'm about to read, because it'll cheer things up a bit. This one's not meant as a downer. At least the author didn't mean it as a downer, but it, it could be interpreted as that. Not a very long one today. It's actually an excerpt from something... It's John Dunn, No Man is an Island. It was not written as a standalone poem by Dunn. Uh, It's actually taken from something called Devotions Upon Emergent Occasions, and it's an excerpt from that that I'm going to read, but it, it serves as a standalone poem these days, and certainly has down through the years, the centuries, really. And we'll get into it after I read the poem. We'll get into the influence it's had on people all the way from Ernest Hemingway to Metallica, among others. So we'll take a look at that. So I'm going to read it now, and uh, and we'll, we'll get into it. Here is No Man is an Island, John Donne. No man is an island, entire of itself. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. If a clod be washed away by the sea, Europe is the less. As well as if a promontory were. As well as if a manner of thy friends, or of thine own were. Any man's death diminishes me, because I am involved in mankind. And therefore never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. And that is No Man is an Island by John Donne. And as we said, it's not really a poem, but an excerpt from Devotions Upon Emergent Occasions uh, in, from 1624. These were meditations, as they're called in this work, Devotions Upon Emergent Occasions. Uh, John Donne was sick when he wrote this. He was an Anglican preacher at St. Paul's Cathedral. He was ill with what uh, we think today, we think is a, a cold that turned into a fever, and he was laid up, and he wrote these meditations, and this poem is an excerpt out of them. So you have to be a little bit careful with it. Uh, the poem does sound melancholy, but Dunn certainly believed in salvation. He didn't think that death was the end of all things. He thought that death was a part of life. Indeed, I think there's a metaphor that he uses, or it's attributed to him anyway, of you know the funeral shroud being not unlike the swaddling clothes after someone is born. So there's that arc to life, and Dunn certainly believed that there was an afterlife. So the poem, such as it is taken on its own, might sound melancholic, but he don't, I don't think he intended it that way. The I think it's actually quite a simple message of send not to know for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for thee, and that is if someone dies, passes away, then you are the lesser for it. Depends how far you want to take it, but you could say something to the effect of, you know, even the people that you don't meet, if the bell is ringing and someone has died, you never got a chance to meet them. You never got a chance to live that experience or read the book that they never wrote because they died too early and things like that. So mankind is, or humankind as we call it now, uh, is lesser for it when someone passes on. And of course, the idea that Send not to know for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for thee, because it's going to toll for you eventually. I mean, there's no escaping that. Eventually, it will be your bell tolling. 
And of course, Dunn, being a preacher, he had heard his fair share of funeral bells. He also heard his fair share of, uh, or saw his fair share of death. Twelve. He had 12 kids, two of which were born, stillborn. The last one, the 12th child that was born, stillborn, that experience killed his wife. He also saw his dother, dother, he saw his brother, or I don't know if he saw his brother die of plague, but his brother did die of plague. So Dunn had had his own personal tragedies and seen a lot of death, but he still maintained his faith. He actually was born and raised Catholic, left that faith, and ended up becoming an Anglican preacher. Uh, last, last note about this work is the influence it's had on even up to today. So you have Send Not to Know for Whom the Bell Tolls, which is often misquoted as Ask Not for Whom the Bell Tolls, but no matter, the point is there. Um, but Ernest Hemingway, of course, took that as a title, For Whom the Bell Tolls, for his great work about the Spanish Civil War, one of Hemingway's more well-known works. And then on up into today, you have Metallica with For Whom the Bell Tolls, which is a song I actually quite like and quite liked a lot during high school. And, you know, little bits and pieces, although No Man is an Island, I don't know if it directly influenced uh, Paul Simon with the writing of I Am a Rock. There's that verse in there, the chorus, I Am a Rock, I Am an Island, that Paul Simon wrote, sung by Simon and Garfunkel, which is kind of an, maybe an ironic nod to the poem by Paul Simon, because, of course, in that song, uh, the singer uh, demands that people see that he's not a rock and, or that he is a rock and he's an island, nothing bothers him. And then it, there's a verse in there where he says, I have my books and my poetry to protect me. Well, of course, Dunn would be like, well, I write poetry and I'm here to tell you that you're not an island. So <laughs> kind of interesting. Uh, so that is our poem for this week, our words for this week. And I hope to see you next time with another delicious cup of joe in your hand for Saturday morning words and coffee.